unlike Germany, everyone was like pitted against each other in Italy because it, it was basically city states. Mm. So, Pope, even the Pope had like like old scores to settle. Welcome to the Oh My Geekers podcast, where we educate others while educating ourselves on an array of topics. We also review movies, books, and TV shows. Hey, this is Gabe and Zeke, and um, today we're going to be talking about Luther, both the man and the 2003 movie about his life. Um, so, yeah, Luther was a, uh, he was a Catholic monk and, um, theologian, and, uh, he disagreed with some of the practices that the, uh, Pope Leo X, um, was putting into effect, and so, uh, the Pope and the Holy Roman Empire excommunicated, communicated and exiled him, so he started the Reformation, um, and uh, that basically led the door to Reformed theology and Lutheranism. So, so yesterday was Halloween. Yes, Halloween. Thirty first of October, which what happened back in fifteen? I think it was in fifteen seventeen. Uh, Martin Luther nailed his ninety five theses to the door of. Um, castle church in Wittenberg, Germany, uh, mm. just basically laying out all his grievances toward the Catholic church. And so why did he do that? Why did he nail it to the door? What, what's the significance of that? Like, was there, was it a, a well, thing they did back then? When? Well, you nailed things to places if you wanted people to see them. Um, the reason why he nailed it to the door of a church was because the following day it would be all saints day uh halloween is uh the word halloween comes from all halloween evening so uh eve like christmas eve so the following day would be all halloween day uh the the all saints day hmm. so so people were going to be showing up people were going to be showing up for mass to uh, grieve the dead, remember the saints. And so they would come and the first thing they saw when they came to the door was his 95 theses. And what was probably the main grievance he had? I mean, there was 95 of them. That's a lot. <laughs> 95, but his main grievance was more of, um, indulgences. So an indulgence, I don't think people, uh, the Catholic Church really does this as often. I think it's still in effect, but not the most popular. But indulgences, you would pay uh, money to get a little piece of paper saying that your relative is now freed from purgatory. Mm. And so there was this man named uh, Tetzel, um, and Tetzel made it uh, kind of went beyond what the Catholic Church had originally said, according to canon law, mm -hmm. and made it to even where, like, you could, like, free yourself out of purgatory, just buying your salvation. So you could prepay your sins, basically. Prepay your sins. Wow, or forgiveness of your sins. Yeah. Which is kind of creepy. Yikes. 
so the movie um, was uh, give us a little bit of background. I, I, this is a movie that came out in two thousand three. It wasn't um, a, you know a big blockbuster hit or anything like that. It was kind of came and went with little fanfare, but it did have some fairly um, big names in the film. Uh, the part of Luther was actually played by uh, Joseph Fiennes, which um, his brother Ralph Fiennes. Um, actually was the voice of um, Ramesses in the movie Prince of Egypt. And so there was, um, you know, his, his brother, um, Joseph Plays Luther, did a really good job, I think. He did train the Roman, him. And, he also did the Roman guy in Risen, the oh, main right. character. Yeah, he was the Roman. I think it's a very good movie. Um, Zeke, I mean, what do, you, do you feel like it was uh, historically accurate it went uh as historically accurate as you can get a like drama piece of a biopic i i don't think it's like super accurate like waterloo but waterloo is more of a focusing on one his period of historical events with luther it's a whole man's life so you have to can all can interconnect it so that people will understand what's going on. So, yeah, which, which at times was a little liberties. Yeah, it was a little challenging at times. There were some moments where some of the actors very much resembled each other, <laughs> and so some of there there were moments I remember the first time seeing it where I was a little confused who who was who, and you know, um, just because they all had beards and long hair, and yeah, um, <laughs> so it was, it, there were moments where I was a little like, who is who is this guy? But I think. Uh, the acting in it is really, really, really well done. Yeah, it's Sir Peter Ustinov. He uh, he, he plays uh, Prince Frederick in this movie. Very good. He also played Poirot in okay. yeah Poirot in um, Death on the Nile. Um, one of one of the portrayals of the great detective. Wow. He also played King Herod. Right. I was not of, sure to do an infant. Yeah, and Jesus of Nazareth. So um, we, we're, we're going to do that Christmas. Really, really good actor, and probably my favorite character in the whole movie, next to next to Luther. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of big names. Also, like Molina. What what was the guy's name? Uh, Andrew Molina. Andrew Molina. Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. He did Doctor Octopus and. Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of big, a lot of big names in this film. Uh, it was a little over two hours long, I think. I, I don't remember the exact running time. It, so. it passes pretty quick because it's a very fast-paced movie. They're covering a lot of ground very, very quickly. Um, quickly. I mean, they they jump right into his conversion, pretty much at the, or his not his conversion. So what? Yeah, for any anyone out there, Zeke, that doesn't know who luther maybe you know has heard the name but doesn't really know what caused him to want to serve the lord become a priest his father was a minor and so his father didn't really like his life as a minor because you know it's pretty it's pretty laborious and you don't get paid a lot of money so he used as much as money he could get and paid for him to go into grammar school and then eventually law school so that he would become a lawyer. Mm. But during a 
during a trip back to his school, um, Martin Luther was riot was basically uh, walking through, and he was caught in this big thunderstorm, and uh, lightning bolts like hit the ground next to him. So he promised uh, the only per- real person he really could know from Christianity, which was Saint Anne, mm-hmm. uh, because she's the patron saint of miners. Uh, he prayed to Saint Anne to save him, and then he'll become a monk. So uh, the the storm storm subsided, and he basically, much to much to the um, disappointment of his father, um, kept his promise and went went to a monastery, learned how to be a monk. Though he was not very he 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 was too hard on himself. Mm. He would actually whip himself. Um, because he was, uh, being too, he enjoyed himself too much and he didn't, and he thought that was sinful. Yeah. Um, it was really hard on himself. But later when he was reading, reading through the book of Romans, he, and then the Psalms, he actually understood that it's not about, uh, man's performances about, uh, justification through faith and grace. Right. Which kind of became the bedrock of uh, his theology. Right. And so he, he at one point um, during the film, uh, gets sent to, uh, I think it was Rome, yeah, to Rome. deliver some papers because he had studied law and was um, qualified, I guess, to deliver these legal papers to Rome. And so he, he goes there and uh, is pretty disappointed in how... So he's from Germany. Uh, he's a German guy and he um ends up in rome and what kind of take us through what happens there so rome is a very italian place and the italians were very like they they were very artistic and very scientific but also they had rome and rome was has been known to be called a cesspool Mm -hmm. and so You've got a lot of prostitution, a lot of um, commercialization. Co- commercialization. It's like go- it's like going to New York, uh, and you're just in there, and it's like everyone is like trying to scramble to get to the top, and then you got the Pope, uh, Pope Julius, um, and he he was rumored, I, I don't think anybody can really definitely prove this, but he was rumored to have mistresses. Mm-hmm. So, and he had, and, and he in and of himself had a violent temper and wanted to like besiege uh, a rival because he was from a particular district in Italy of his own. So he, Unlike Germany, everyone was like pitted against each other in Italy because it, it was basically city states. Mm. So, Pope, even the Pope had like like old scores to settle, oh. and then would have like uh, relics. Um, some were of John the Baptist's head, and John the Baptist's. Which you had to pay to see, right? You had to pay to see and wait in line to see. And the funny thing is, is that the skull of John the Baptist 
has been lost and refound in several different time periods and in very different places. So it will show up in Europe and it will show up in the Holy Land and then it will show up in the hands of a Muslim, and then it will show up in the hands of a Christian, and then the Orthodox Church has it. So <laughs> so, so the likelihood of anyone really, really? getting to see the, the, the skull of John the Baptist is pretty, pretty slim. <laughs> pretty slim. So there was also the coins of Judas, the 30 pieces of silver that he sold Jesus' life with, Right. They even considered that as a relic that right. actually had um, healing attributes that right, could help right, you right. in childbirth. Wow. And that's like, I can see John the Baptist's head, but yeah, right. Judas's coins. Judas's gold or silver coins. That's, yeah, that's kind of uh, strange. So he goes, he goes to Rome. He's obviously pretty disappointed. Yeah. Uh, comes back and uh, at least in the film i'm not sure how i'm assuming it stayed pretty true to uh his timeline in life uh it was actually produced by lutherans yeah thriviant and so um you know this was this whole film was financed by lutherans which is where you know they they lutherans are come from you know germany germany martin luther and you know, the Reformation period, they were kind of the first to actually stand up against um, the teachings of the Catholic Church. And, and and one thing I think that gets confused, and, you know, the, the um, movie's pretty careful to point out the fact that, like, he wasn't against the Catholic Church, right? Like, yeah, he, he was, wasn't against the Catholic he Church. He actually thought that uh, evil had crept into the Catholic Church and his whole mission uh, at least at first, was to uh, defend the church against the corruption within the church. Yeah. And that was his main thing. He even said on a couple occasions, like, um, I'm here to protect the Pope because obviously he doesn't know that all these things are going on under his watch when, <laughs> you know, the higher up you went, the, the it seemed like the more corrupt um, you got. You got. And so, yeah, he throughout, throughout most of the film, he's um, portrayed as... Um, almost on a, on a mission to inform the Pope of all the wrong that's going on. Yeah, and he's like, see him, and he's like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go see, tell the Pope where he's wrong. And then you cut to the scenes with the Pope, yeah. who actually looks like the Pope. Yeah, oh, really? He actually looks like the Pope. He, oh, he's weird. got the same facial, like, but when, when you get to the scenes of the Pope, it's, like, really corrupt. And it's all about politics. It really had very little to do. It was all about raising money for um, St. Peter's Saint, Basilica. Right. So he wanted to expand the church, which is actually the largest church in the world at this time, I believe. And basically it was so that you could like protect the supposed bones of the saints right. from exposure. Yeah. And, and in the film, uh, they show that the Pope is essentially selling uh Bishop, the position of bishop, I believe. Yeah, the position to different of people, bishops, like, and, and to people that couldn't even afford to pay the price to be a bishop, and he's selling them uh, this office, basically, um, and then and then with the understanding that this guy John Tetzel is going to be able to go in and raise money in their basically their territories, yeah, and that's how he, he's going to pay off the debt of buying this office of bishop 
But then in comes Martin Luther and starts um, preaching against that and writing against that. And he doesn't know. And he doesn't know. He has no idea. He's just doing what what he's, you know, he's seen wrong and he's pointing it out. And the common people are starting to realize like, oh, hey, this guy, John Tetzel, he doesn't really care. Like he's just selling, you know, selling indulgences to raise money. And then, um, you know, at one point in the film, he, you know, the, the, uh, the Pope gets word that, you know, this guy, John Tetzel's not able to raise money in this one area. And then they send the, basically the inquisitors yeah, to go inquisitors. And, and, uh, and, you know, silence this little drunken monk. And, yeah, so, uh, yeah. So there was like two, two bishops that we like follow the stories of. And one is uh Cardinal, Cayetan, Cayetan, yeah. and he, he and he was actually not very, he wasn't a very bad guy. Yeah, he just and was caught up in. He was politics. just caught up in politics, um, and he was a very like he actually defended like uh, justification by faith. He just was very loyal to the Pope. But right. then there's this other uh, younger man yeah. named Aleander. Yeah, and Aleander. Um, he, he was so bad that even uh, as Ramses, the, I think I'm saying his name right, but uh, the like top Catholic philosopher at that time was embarrassed oh, that, he w- that he went, uh, that he was so set on ruining Martin Luther. Yeah, because yeah, in the, in the film, it starts off and you think like, you're when, when he's first introduced, he... Um, it's like I want to serve God with all my heart. Yeah, and and um, there, like you don't realize it till later, but he's almost on like a power trip um, because the older man, Cayetan, uh, Cayetan, he just wants to. He see... just wants to see the Pope finally replaced by, uh, or the office of Pope, I guess, taken by someone who's actually going to defend Christendom. And um, at one point towards the end of the movie, he's like, we needed someone like Martin Luther. But then, yeah. Then Aliander's like, well, Martin Luther's getting married. And that's his sort of oh, deal. Yeah. I know. He's like, <laughs> he wouldn't dare. And then, and then it cuts to him uh, on his wedding day, getting married to a runaway nun of all, of all people. Um, yeah. It's such a good movie. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to say, you know, how much they shot and what they had to edit out. Um, because you know we have the DVD and there's no uh, making of or there's no um, extra features or anything like that. But um, you, I felt at points, and I get it. Like it's a, it, it's probably hard to sum up this guy's life in you know two hours. But there were points um, where I, I wish they would have fleshed out the characters just a tad more. Um, like Les Misérables. Well, yeah, right. It, you know because there's. Um, there's even a uh, mention of a, a Dutch um, monk who wants to go back and translate the Bible um, for his people. And um, I don't you know, spoiler alert, but you know, this guy gets, you know, burned at the stake or whatever. And um, you, there's, there's not enough time for his character to develop. And so he's there one minute and then he's not, you know, and then he's basically be burned to death and, you know, like, man, you know, you, you, you kind of want to feel bad for him, but you kind of don't because kinda you didn't don't. really get to know who he was or even why he was hanging out with. 
Martin Luther, other than they were kind of stationed in the, in the same parish. Yeah, I guess, he's actually were, a composite character of yeah, two real people. So yeah, so you know, there's there's these little moments where you just kind of wish that you know you had a little bit more time to kind of learn who these people were and why they were motivated, like why Caetan was the way he was and why Aleander was the way he was, and and even Luther in some points because you jump in time. Uh, pretty quickly, um, you know, one minute he's, um, you know, just arriving in this town and then like he's now teaching in the, in their college, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and time just passed. You have to really be paying attention to this movie. This, this is not a movie to like leisurely watch it. You have to be engaged in it. Um, but it's good. It's good. Just do it with the subtitles on. So. Yeah. Do it with the subtitles on. So you could, uh, you know, uh, follow along a little easier. Cause you, you, you can very quickly get lost in the characters because there's a lot of characters in it. A lot of characters. Yeah, there's um, there is only one character who, like, like it. He he has scenes that are very quotable and very fun to, like, uh, his character in the movie was kind of a bit too like too too Lutheran, basically a anti anti reformed uh, theology. Anti anti Calvinist, anti Anabaptist, and who was this? And Carl's adept, mm. um, his professor, friend. his his old professor friend. Uh, so that like like they do a pretty good job of his character up until when um, all the people are basically like revolting the great German peasants' revolt, mm. and he's seen like leading the people, and Anabaptists did lead the people um during that but not him he 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 never partook in any violence Mm. and they just they just made him like a scapegoat for like right like they had to sum up a lot of big ideas big ideas you know and and they they, used the wrong person right yeah but he he was a good character in the movie he was a good character yeah yeah he's got he's got some quotable lines actually the whole the whole movie there's so many good quotable lines um you know, again, my favorite character is um, Prince Frederick. He's, he, uh, Peter Usnoff plays him so well, like like he does in every movie. I mean, he was, you know, King Herod again in Jesus of Nazareth and just did an amazing job um, kind of giving personality to these, to these, to, to royalty. Um, he's just really, really good. Um, is this a movie that kids could watch? Um, well... The easy answer is yes. Um, if other if, than the heavy content, as far a, a heavy as pretty content, it's, it's it's not really it's it's like PG thirteen sort of violence, but not not to the like effect of Star Wars or something. It's just like it's got some disturbing scenes, like fight fight scenes between like peasants, and um, there's also very like scary scenes, like when Luther is kidnapped. Mm. Um, there's some heavy language um but it but it's, it's not it's, it's pretty very brief. very me- brief and not yeah it's not in your face it's it's yeah i'm, I'm actually trying to remember i do not, remember when we we're watching it's not very like, vulgar oh, at all yeah no at all i mean you gotta think this was the 1500s <laughs> 1500s so. they didn't yeah. weren't very creative with their yeah swearing but i think it did paint a pretty good picture and considering that there's probably not very little cg in this movie if any at all there's probably maybe like one or two scenes where they had to use it it really does 
wherever they filmed it, I think the Czech Republic and parts of Germany. Parts of Germany, there was actual pretty authentic. Yeah, pretty authentic um, looking scenes. Like, I mean, they really paint a good picture of what it was like to to be in that day and age. And um, it's really cool. So while you were researching, what did you learn about Luther that you didn't know or maybe you were a little surprised about? Well, I was kind of surprised about, well, like his trip to Rome. Uh, he, in one scene, he's like climbing these stairs. Um, and I just thought that like it was just an ordinary stairway. And it was like a symbolic th- thing you can do in any uh, sort of st- stairway in Rome. But it's actually a, a special sort of stairs in Rome like the only place you're actually go to do that specific, like climbing up on your knees to the top. And it's, uh, these stairs are in Rome, but they're supposed to be the stairs that Jesus walked up to when he was going to be condemned by Pilate. Hmm. Um, how did they end up in Rome? How did they end up in Rome? Well, um, they, they, they love relics and no matter if it's like an accurate depiction of how they got it, they'll just have it. Um, they say that Emperor Constantine, um, nobody's bashing Constantine here, um, but they believe that uh, St. Helena, Emperor Constantine's mother, who built many of the churches in the Holy Land, um, they believe that she took the stairs, shipped them to Rome, rebuilt them oh, on a Roman hill. And basically that was the same stairs that Jesus walked up to. Right. And in the film, it looks like it's like massive, but in real life, it's more like tall. Hallway, than, right? It's more tall than wide. Hmm. So you got like, there's only like three people wall to wall. Oh, wow. Um, and then you've got, like hundreds of people wanting to climb up this stairs and they're they're not allowed to really climb up these stairs they're not allowed to walk up the stairs they have to do it by their knees wow so which is shown in the film it's pretty that's pretty actual a major part of the movie where he kind of comes to the realization that something's off (laughs) in the catholic church you know i believe um the place that they are set in um germany is actually a very interesting form of Germany. It's, it was called the Holy Roman Empire. And so it's kind of like if Germany and um, Italy were combined, except that the Italy places are really not really German. Mm. But most of what uh, Germany is is all unified under states. And then you the more down you go it's less connected but that that's where you get into the whole politics and um get into prince frederick's story and then um the emperor's story which we he should have been fleshed out more in the movie i yeah i would have liked to see him more yeah but Absolutely. so so the whole like explanation behind all that is that so germany had like a proud, uh, like a rich tradition going all the way back to a guy named Charlemagne. And Charlemagne was a German um, king who basically led all of Europe 
and kicked out the invading Muslims when the Muslims were just like becoming a thing Mm -hmm. and they were conquering all these lands and pushing their way uh, up France and then like trying to take over um, Greece and make their way into Germany. But Charlemagne united most of Europe together and pushed back the invading Muslims. Mm. And so that uh, he had a lot of support from the Pope. So the Pope, who had a lot of influence in Italy, um, can, uh, joined up with Charlemagne's empire, and they united Germany and Italy together in an unofficial sort of balance of power. And so uh, you've got... Um, you've got these people, and uh, it's a sort of a constitutional monarchy to where Prince Frederick in the film is an elector. So you would elect your emperor. It's not just like, so oh, it's by blood, necessarily. It's not necessarily by blood, it's mainly by blood, but right. um, the princes get to have a say in who can arise to the throne so that they won't kind of, like, exercise authority over all the other princes or the Pope. So hmm. so Prince Frederick in the movie has a say in whether or not the Emperor's children um, will arise to the throne. He could just, like, oh. like that... Keeps I think everyone in check. That of. keeps everyone in check, and at the end of the film, um, for some reason, the Emperor, like sort of allows the Protestants to read their confession of faith. And just watching it from an ordinary perspective, it's like, okay, why would he do that? Right, why wouldn't he just... Chop their heads off. Because, yeah, he kind of threatens them. Says he's going to kill them if he... Threatens them, Okay, well, do it then. But it's it's like an electoral college and... Um, even though in real life only like two people were actually Lutherans, mm. um, they had enough influence. If they were killed, it would have been bad. It would have been bad because that could be seen as like trying to like steal an election because those people like had a num a higher number of, right, votes of votes than the others. So if he killed them, they would be like. Wait a minute! This this guy's trying to sponsor yeah. his family, right. his own family, and not the right. betterment of the good. Right, and yeah. So in the movie too, um, you know, and I have to re- reference the movie because I haven't studied on Luther, so I'm not really sure what is you know historically accurate. Right, but in the movie, um, Frederick is asked to Prince Frederick's asked to turn in Luther uh, several times, I think, mm-hmm. and he refuses to do that. And the emperor doesn't really, which is his nephew, I believe. It's his nephew. Doesn't really push it too hard. Doesn't really demand that his prince turn him in, which I kind of thought was, huh, like, I wonder why. I wonder if it's because he was older than him or whatever. But um, that makes more sense now to to, to know that that's kind of how their government worked or how the monarchy worked. Um, But you were telling me that actually the, the emperor was fairly young he was fairly young and even if you look in the film he's like yeah he looks like he's maybe like in his 20s or something like that very young and actually prince frederick frederick the wise he was actually 
had a better chance of becoming emperor than than the guy we see in the film. Mm. Um, so I don't want to say anything historically inaccurate, but what I think is that Frederick was on his way to become emperor, um, but um, the Catholic Church thought he was too influential. So they got so, someone they could control. So they got someone they can control, made it to where the younger guy would be elected but the younger guy didn't have any resolve right. so like prince frederick um his in, uncle in, in his uncle in all due respects he's actually more of the emperor than the actual emperor got it so he had a lot of influence on he had a too. lot of influence over all of the princes got it got it okay makes sense yeah, see that stuff like little details like that like actually make the movie make a lot more sense. So I'm sure for any of you history buffs out there that know you know the history of the Reformation and Martin Luther, um, you're gonna love this film. You know, on a scale of uh, five stars, I I really like this film, and I would I would give it four stars. I think it would get five in my mind. Obviously, like again, I don't I don't know all the historical historical facts surrounding martin luther and the reformation but um very entertaining movie great actors um it's it's not it's not too much for you know families to sit down and watch um and and so i'd give it four i think what would give it five in my mind is if honestly might lower the family friendly score a little bit but i think if it was a little bit longer and gave a little bit more time for some of these characters to be fleshed out so that you can kind of understand where they're coming from and why they're taking the actions that they took a little bit more character development in my mind would would definitely push this film into a five star five star category for me yeah i think i would also give it a four star for friendly friendliness is an average of like three stars because it's like still pg-13 movie yeah um as far as historical accuracy goes it, it, it goes pretty historically accurate not enough to go to five stars um the plot i would say five stars but also they um this also ties into the historical accuracy they needed to make the characters sure. three-dimensional instead of like just just people that um it is pretty gray at times but for the most part, it's like black and white, and I and I get it because it's a Lutheran film, so they wanna they wanna present Luther and as the, the hero, yes, and then the um, the other reformers, and then the Catholic Church as sort of like the bad guys. Mm. So, right, yeah. So I would say four stars too. Okay, well, we hope that you're able to uh, go out and find the movie Luther. It was filmed in 2003 uh, with Joseph Fiennes playing Luther. And uh, that's all the time we have today on the Oh My Geekers Podcast.